This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.48, Monday, the 13th of February, and you're listening to The Morning Run. In about 15 minutes, we've got the opening bell as well as international markets with Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global. But in the meantime, let's talk about state politics. Because last week, Prime Minister Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim announced that all parties in his unity government will work together in the state elections, a sign of further support for Anwar, who solidified power with a confidence vote victory in December. The Unity Government Secretariat, which held its first meeting last Tuesday, agreed to form three committees, including one that will focus on the allocation of seats for the state polls that must be held this year. Six states will need to hold local elections upon an expiry of their legislative assemblies. Three of these are PH-controlled states such as Selengo, Penang and Negri Sembilan, while the other three are past control states, Kedah, Kelantan and Trunganu. Now, some state leaders have proposed that the polls be held in May or June after Hari Raya festival celebrations. While the polls have no direct bearing on the composition of parliament, the outcome of the elections is seen as a litmus test on Anwar's government. So just how will the BNPH union measure up or we see yet another green wave? For more on this, we have on the line with us Dr. James Chin, Professor of Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania. Good morning, James. Always good to speak to you. Now, in the face of looming state polls, how do you exactly envision BN and PH working together when in the past they have been arch rivals, especially in PH-controlled states like Penang, Selangor and Negri Sembilan? Uh, good morning. So I think a bit of context is important. I think the reason why they had to set up this committee and a secretariat was due to the bad experience they had in the first Pakistan Harapan government, uh, the one that was uh, very short, 22 months. So many of your listeners will remember that when they were in power for the very first time, uh, each of the major parties was essentially doing their own thing. So at that time, Basatu was doing their own thing, DAP and Pakatang were doing their own thing. So there were a lot of conflicts in public uh, between the ministers and also between the policies. Uh, we saw that coming out on all the major policies. So that's the reason why it was very unstable. Eventually, the government collapsed after 22 months. So I think they're trying to avoid that. Uh, secondly, I think they need to create this coordination committee because as you mentioned in your introduction, uh, state allocation will be a major issue. Uh, there are various reasons why it will be a major issue, but the biggest headache they have is that they can't afford past or Perikatan National to do well again. Uh, you have to remember when Perikatan National did very well in the elections last year, it wasn't so much of a shock as the shock generated by the massive victory by past. So that's the reason why we had a green wave. Now, the explanation for the green wave is that, yes, the Malay voters in the Malay heartlands are becoming more conservative. Or the second explanation is that many of those Malay voters who normally vote for Barisan National, Stroke Amno, voted against Barisan National simply because they do not like Zahid. So this is a key issue for Amno rather than Pakatan. So that's the reason why they need to create this coordination committee and make sure the seats are allocated properly. Because for the very first time, you will be combining the Malay voters who voted for Pakatang Harapan and the Malay voters who will normally vote for Barisan National. And as you mentioned, in all the previous elections, they don't like each other. So they don't really have a choice. Uh, my take is that if Perikat National does very well, especially pass, 
then we are in for a long period of instability. The underlying assumption in Malaysia, uh, Malaysian politics is that if you don't have Malay support for your government, I'm talking about at the federal level, right, then the government will be unstable. Now, even though it is a state election, don't forget it has a major bearing on the federal government because it is the same group of people who will vote for the federal government as well. And James, what about the elections in past-led states like Kedah, Kelantan and Trunganu? Could PN and PH offer a stronger offensive to gain seats against PN? Uh, at the present moment, I think most analysts will tell you that uh, Trunganu and Kelantan are totally out. It is not possible to win those two states. But you may be able to increase the number of no seats. Uh, Kedah is 50-50. I think Selangor and Penang are more towards the Pakatan side. I expect Pakatan to lose seats in both Penang and Selangor, but they will hold on the state government. Negeri Semilang, interestingly enough, from all the reports I've seen, suggests it's also 50-50, it can flip. So basically, when we talk about the competition, the upcoming competition, it will basically be Negeri Semilang and Kedah. And I think for both sides, they'll be concentrating the resources in these two states. Um, staying on focus on Selangor, do you expect Kairi Jamaluddin to make a run? Uh, that is difficult to say because the reality for Kairi is that he has lots of options. But there's one thing he has to overcome. Unfortunately, in the Malaysian system, if you're not a YB, either at the state level or at the federal level, people don't take you seriously. Now, if he wants a federal career, he has to wait another four years until the next federal election. Or he can become a YB now at the state level and use that to jump back to the federal level in the future. Now, this has been done very often in the past. There has been many, many uh, examples of uh, past elections where a state MP uh, jumps to the federal level. For example, the Amno number two guy, uh, Mahasan, is an example of that. So it really is a question of how he can maintain sort of a, you know, status as elected representative over the next four years, or he thinks he can make the same impact without being a state YB. Uh, my take is that it will be very difficult for him to maintain a high profile if he doesn't have the YB status. On the other hand, there's been lots of reports that, you know, if he joins Perikatan, Perikatan will use him as the lead campaigner for Selangor in order to overthrow the Selangor Pakatan Harapan government uh, because they work on this assumption that Kari is popular among the young people and he has significant support among the non-Malay population, especially the non-Malay middle class, and that will give them the edge in Selangor. Now, I'm not too sure about the assumption, but this is what people are thinking, that if he were to lead the PN campaign in Selangor, there is a chance, uh, there is a chance that he may be able to overthrow the Pakatan Harapan government. I have to say I don't share that optimism because I think the Pakatan Harapan government in Selangor is quite solid. P.T. James, he can't hear you because he's busy on air at this current moment. <laughs> First day on the job, but uh, hits a hot FM. Uh, but James, I want to ask you about seat allocations. How protracted do you think this fight will be among uh, PH and BN actually? How painful will the process be? Uh, the process will be painful in a sense that UMNO must ensure that it must have a reasonable share of the seats. Otherwise, there's no reason for UMNO to be in uh, in this Pakatan Harapan unity government. You have to remember, right, uh, the key reason that Zahid gave in public that he went with uh, Pakatan rather than Perikatan was that UMNO will survive better. 
under a Pakatan government because PKR is not looking to kill off AMNO. Unlike Bersatu, we all know Bersatu is a clone of AMNO. Uh, Bersatu wants to kill off AMNO to replace AMNO. And of course, PAS being the permanent enemy of AMNO also wants to kill off AMNO. So in order for him to prove what he said is true, AMNO must be at the very, very least get the majority of the seats in the Malay heartland states of, of uh, Kedah, uh, Trengganu and Kelantan. Uh, the rest can be divided up. Now, in terms of division of seats, uh, normally the golden rule is that if you're already holding the seat, that seat cannot be discussed. In other words, whichever is the incumbent you get to, to keep the seat. It is only the seats that are won by the other side or seats that are won by other parties uh, that can be discussed. Um, actually, when it comes to, to, to you know discussion of who gets the seat, it's actually quite easy because you already have the data in front of you. So you have a rough idea, a very rough idea of which of your own party will do very well. So they already have the extensive data, very detailed data from the last election. So they know that if they combine the votes of Pakatan and AMNO, who stands the very best chance and which party is better there, either from Pakatan or from AMNO. Uh, the big problem is the overall numbers because for the general public, is the overall number that is important. And this is where I spoke about the public perception that AMNO must come out on top of the seat negotiations for the uh, Malay heartland states. Otherwise, the AMNO supporters will say, what the heck are we doing in the government? You said that we go to the government to survive, to become stronger, and yet you can't get the required number of seats to show that we are strong. And James, uh, these state elections will widely be seen as a litmus test against Anwar's government. If it goes badly, is there a chance we'll see the government change hands again? Or is the relationship between PN, BN and PH strong enough to withstand any setbacks? Uh, in my point of view, uh, the elections really is about two things. is whether last year's vote against AMNO was an anti-Zahid vote. And also, it is sort of a, a test of un confidence in the new uh, Anwar government. Now, if uh, Perikatan does very well, for example, right, if five out of the six states fall to to uh, to Perikatan, the only one left standing is Penang that goes to Pakatan. Then I think Anwar politically sorry. Then I think Anwar politically will be in big trouble. He will have a big problem ruling Malaysia, because basically the northern part of Malaya is now green you will have major, major problems. Selangor, as you know, is the economic powerhouse of Malaysia. And if you don't rule Selangor, you will be up for major, major problems. Uh, as to whether he will fall or not, uh, that depends on whether AMNO will pull the trigger. Uh, if AMNO feels that the government is unstable, we have to jump to the Perikatan side. And if AMNO collectively pulls out, uh, then the government will fall. But don't forget, uh, that is the last thing on Zahid's mind. Because if Zahid pulls Amno out of the government, he will also lose his own mm. position. Because all his enemies actually want to take Amno out of government. So everything hinges on, on, on Zahid. And really, it is Zahid's net, uh, net, political neck that is on the, on the state elections rather than Anwar's. Okay, thank you very much for your time. That was uh, Dr. James Chin, Professor of Asian Studies at University of Tasmania. And I have to correct myself, KJ doesn't start today. He starts on the 15th of February if you want to listen to him on Hot FM. Up next, the KLCI opening as well as Market Insights with Kingsley Jones of Jevons Global. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.